It's a beautiful day in this liberty hood. A beautiful day for a candidate. Would he be mine? Could he be mine? Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Welcome back, Liberty Lead Bellies, to the Lions of Liberty podcast. As always, your home for great conversations about the ideas of liberty. This is the 250th episode of this program. Oh my God, we are halfway to 500 episodes. This, of course, means you can find today's show notes featuring links to everything we discuss over at lionsofliberty.com slash 250. And if you are a fan of this program, there are a couple other libertarian podcasts out there that I know you guys are going to love. You've got to check out Roger Paxton's Lava Flow podcast, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad, and of course, our friends Chris Spangle and the We Are Libertarians podcast. Check them all out. Now, today is no ordinary episode, as you might have gathered from the little jingle there in the open. It is, in fact, another edition of our bi-weekly look at the Gary Johnson Bill Weld campaign through the libertarian lens known as Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. Now, normally you hear the voice of our resident Gary Johnson expert, Mr. Brian McWilliams, but he actually, ironically, (laughs) gave up his Liberty Hood this past weekend by getting married. So I guess it's tough to find time to record a podcast on your wedding weekend. Why, I have no idea. But regardless, I've got a special guest joining me for this uh, in his stead, He's a fellow Liberty Los Angelian. If you're a member of our private Facebook group, the Lions of Liberty Forum, you might recognize him from posting in there. Uh, and if you're not a member, by the way, what the heck are you waiting for? It's free. It costs you nothing to join. All you got to do is search Lions of Liberty Forum in your little search bar on Facebook. Click to request to join. And as long as you don't look like a total freak, weirdo, or Nigerian prince, we'll get you right in there. Without further ado, I am pleased to welcome in Adam Choi. Adam, before we get going, of course, there's one thing I got to know first. Are you ready to roar? I will take that as a yes, my friend. How was that? Was that good? That, that was good. That was a roar. I was, pra- I was practicing it last night with my wife. She thought. Were it was you a really? Little, <laughs> a, little, a little crazy, but uh, uh, you must have a, you must have a very happy marriage if you're able to practice uh, liberty roars with your wife at the wee hours of the night. You know, her, her roar was much better, so maybe you ought to have her on. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll, can we? Well. Can we? Is it too late to switch? Can we swap her out? Uh, maybe she's not home right we'll, now. We'll but, stick uh, with this for now, and we'll see how that's, things go. That works. That works for me too. I maintain the option to, to sub your wife in at any point when she comes out. <laughs> but um, you know, Adam, there is a reason I brought you in here, besides the fact that you're a, a cool dude out here in LA. I've come to know in the last year or so. But uh, you actually attended a private event with Gary Johnson recently, and we're going to hear more about that in a little bit. But first, I want you to start off letting everybody know a little bit more about you, how you became interested in the ideas of liberty, and uh, I guess just tell everyone kind of a little bit about your liberty creds. Well, I'm originally from Long Island in New York, and I've lived in Los Angeles for over a decade now, and I was never really the most politically aware or politically active person. I kind of describe myself as someone who try, used to, you know, try to be aware of what's going on in the world, at least to have a clue. But I think that all pretty much changed around 2011, 2012. And it's a similar story to many uh, liberty lovers out there as far as uh, discovering Mr. Ron Paul on the Internet. Like That's many, doctor to you, many, pal. Many people. Doctor. Doctor, <laughs> no. He didn't spend uh, six years in liberty mental school, school to be called Mr. That's true. They do it all for the title, I think. There you go. All right. And I guess the rest is history. And I know we kind of stumbled upon each other through a, a mutual Facebook friend. And uh, somehow you found about about the Lions of Liberty. And here we are. Yep, that's uh, that's true. I mean, really, what what uh, what I noticed is that this uh, particular politician, Mr. Paul, Dr. Paul, was uh, talking about uh, many things that the other candidates on both sides of the aisle were not talking about, especially the Federal Reserve and the military industrial complex. And uh, from there, I guess the, the rest is history, like you said. Speaking of history, why don't you tell us about this recent history that just took place uh, in the last week or so? You got to attend a, a very small discussion group, a political discussion group here in L.A., and Gary Johnson actually was an attendee at this event. So why don't you tell us quickly how you came upon this group, how you got invited to it, and um, you know what kind of set us up, set us up for this. How did you end up at this event with Gary Johnson? Something that uh, not, not the most common thing that you'd think would, would happen to a uh, especially out here in L.A. <laughs> no, that's that's for sure. It was a very unexpected invite, actually. It I was invited to a political discussion group by a friend of mine 
And uh, she is part of this group that's been around for maybe 10, 12, 14 years. And it's mostly Democrats. It's pretty much all Democrats. A lot of uh, Hollywood types, uh, TV, film people, uh, they just gather once a month, I believe. And she knew I was interested in politics and uh, was a libertarian and am a libertarian. So she just randomly emailed me and said, uh, Gary Johnson's going to be speaking at our event. Uh, would you like to come? And then I said, are you serious? And uh, she said yes. And uh, I showed up on that uh, Sunday afternoon. All right. So this is a Sunday afternoon. You're, you're at this. Uh, I, I'm imagining a mansion in L.A. I have no idea why. I don't know if it's actually a mansion, but that's that's what I'm going to picture for the for the purposes of this exercise. I wouldn't call it a mansion, <laughs> but it's definitely a very nice house. And uh, if she wants to switch with me anytime, I'll take her house and she could take my uh, my little apartment if, if she's uh, Trump wants to switch. So what, what was your feel of the room before we get to the Gary stuff? What was are you do you definitely feel you're the only libertarian there from from the get go? I. I, I think so. I mean, I think there was maybe one or two Republicans there and maybe a couple of younger guys who were not really affiliated with any party or any uh, ideology. But I definitely felt like the black the black sheep in the room for sure as the only libertarian there. And, and it, for, before we go further, if you guys want to hear the entire breakdown beginning to end of Adam's experience at this private event, uh, he actually wrote it up as an article, which we've posted over at lionsofliberty.com. I will link to that article in the show notes for today's show. That's why I tell you guys about this stuff. You can find that at lionsofliberty.com slash 250 once again. And um, you can find the entire archive while I'm at it of this program of Mr. Johnson's Libertyhood at lionsofliberty.com slash Gary. My plugs are over, so let's get into this thing. You actually broke down some some Johnson's and Johnson's of your own from this event. So why don't you, you lead us down the pathway here, the pathway to your own little personal Libertyhood meeting here, and um, guide us through some, some of your Johnson's and Johnson's. Gary basically opened his talk by uh, saying he's a uh, he despises hypocrisy and hates corona capitalism. And then one of the earliest questions he got was about the TPP. And uh, this woman in the crowd asked, isn't the TPP basically an example of crony capitalism? And um, basically, Gary responded to that saying with saying that the TPP is a free trade bill and that he will sign anything to make sign anything to make things better. And those are exact quotes from uh, Gary. But he didn't really refute the woman. Um, and just because something Gary says something is free trade or makes things better, it doesn't make them true. Which is interesting because uh, not that long ago, he mentioned that he thought the TPP was laden with crony capitalism. That was before he switched his view and said that he supported it. So it's, it's interesting that, that it's, it's a progressive person, I'm, I'm guessing, or a progressive leading person that brings up the crony capitalist aspect, while libertarian Gary Johnston is, is just kind of brushing it off. Yeah, I, I think Bill Weld has a lot to do with this, and I think there's something to do with, with him basically forcing Gary to support the TPP, which is weird because Gary's not going to be president. Let's, I mean, let's face it, that's very, very unlikely to happen. So why would he support an issue that his entire base or, you know, libertarians and even a lot of progressives and other people he's trying to reach out to are against? So this this really makes no sense to me. So. As you might guess, this this was a big uh, John's off. John's offs, not starting off on a great foot at this event uh, from the libertarian perspective. So John's off for his stance on the TPP, um, which especially when there's such a great opportunity to address crony capitalism to to a progressive person, and at least say, look, I, I might think it's better, but I, I am definitely wary of the crony capitalist aspects. There's ways he could still say he supported it and 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 still kind of play into that crony capitalist thing because it's just so great to hear that coming from the quote unquote other side. And it's sad to see he didn't really really capitalize on that at all. All right, what else we got? Um, we have uh, health care, and I kind of looped that in with uh, just talking generally about the role of the federal government. Um, it was just a sort of a general question about health care. And really, as you might imagine, with a room full of, uh, you know, liberal progressive Democrats, everyone is just very eager to just throw federal money or throw throw money at the problem, uh, throw tax money at the problem. But um, Gary just didn't do a very good job here, in my opinion. Um, he didn't talk about crony capitalism when it came to healthcare. He didn't really talk about how there should be more choice. He didn't talk about any market solutions. He didn't bring up any unintended con consequences of giving government bu bureaucracies more power. He didn't uh, criticize Obamacare at all. There was just so many directions he could have gone in, but he just kind of stumbled and rambled and <laughs> to the hostile room. And 
it just it just didn't go well. Wait, Gary stumbling and rambling. Come on, I have a hard time picturing I'm, that. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, he does that. So I'm guessing this is another. Yeah, that would be a, a John South as well. The sad thing is, I mean these. These feel like layups, especially with this audience. There's so many angles. I mean, did you get the sense that Gary just didn't feel like being there? So he's just kind of like pushing this stuff aside? Or was he giving an earnest attempt to, to answer these questions? And, and that's just this is just his style, I guess. I think it was a little bit of both. I don't think he wanted to be there. And I, I mean, if, if you want, I could tell you kind of how he ended up there because it's sort of. Well, yeah, let, let's take a little sidebar. Why, if he didn't, if he seemed like he didn't want to be there, why the heck was he? Because this is not really his voter base. I mean, you, you, and maybe not even you <laughs> might be the only person in that room that might vote for him. So why was he at this thing? No, it wasn't a fundraiser. It wasn't a rally. It was a room full of 90, 95% Democrats, except for maybe one or two or three, uh, more conservative Republican types. But, uh, Basically, what happened is I forgot the story after Gary spoke that one of the uh, very few Republicans there actually had some pretty big time connections to the GOP on the national level. So believe it or not, it was the GOP forcing the libertarian candidate, Gary Johnson, to go speak to a room of Democrats. What a bizarre world we live in. (laughs) You cannot make this stuff up. And basically what I got from this is that Gary's still very connected to the establishment and establishment politics and big party politics as much as, you know, we see him as a third party or at least some people do. But I think that's just another piece of evidence that shows he's kind of part of the establishment, at least on some level. All right. So what's our next item here? I'm hoping we can get a Johnson in here somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking that I think I should mix in a Johnson Johnson and then we'll go back uh, to I'll I'll mix him up because I don't want it to. To make it too much, too much, uh, too many John Zons in a row, or too many John Softs in a row. So I'll try to balance it out. You don't want to get accused of of what we were accused of on Facebook uh, earlier this week of being too hard on Gary. Which, too hard on know, Gary, which is funny because I think about. <laughs> you know, we are critical of Gary, but we also praise him when it's appropriate. But but compared to other libertarian podcasts, compared to Tom Woods, compared to uh, Roger Paxton at the Lava Flow, compared to Jason Stapleton, I think we're really freaking easy on the guy because <laughs> those guys those guys rip him to shreds. <laughs> they. They do. They do. So. I think you guys are not far behind, though. Well, yeah. I mean, we're trying. <laughs> My we, we try to give him some, uh, you know, we try to give him some love whenever we can. But he doesn't always make it easy. But let's do that right now. Where, where, where did he score a good point with you at this event? I will give him credit for talking about the Federal Department of Education and saying that he wanted to cut it. He, I mean, he was challenged on this issue. By cut the it room. as in end it. End it, end it, cut that, it. That's a bold stance, and I, I I love when he takes, on the rare occasions, he takes really bold stances like that. And he was actually challenged by the room on this issue, but he was kind of confident and made some good points, and he made the point that there hasn't always been a federal department of education. There wasn't one when George Washington was president. It's only been around since the 70s and the Carter administration. And he actually did a good job of breaking down how much money California sends to the federal government versus, versus how much it gets uh, back to invest to reinvest in its own education, which is far less. So he made some good points, uh, some fact-based things there, and I, I'll uh, give him a Johnson for that. All right, a Johnson. We finally got one. How did how did that crowd re- respond to that that, re- that to that answer from him? Did they buy into it at all, or were they just kind of having a, a progressive synapse and, and not hearing it? I, th- I think they bought into the answer. They, I mean, they didn't really seem to have much of uh, a response to that, but... Uh, I, I, it's it's hard to argue with facts. So and Gary spouted out some facts. So you know, Johnson. Uh, what else we got here? I am going to talk about his style and overall presentation. Okay. What was he wearing? Now I'm interested in that. I'm, I'm picturing him in like I, I don't know, like like Zubas and uh, definitely sunglasses on the top of his head and maybe like a tank top. <laughs> I have to, I have to tell you, before Gary uh, arrived and people were just kind of mingling in the various rooms in the house. Uh, shortly thereafter, Gary does arrive, and when he walks in, out of the corner of my eye, I see what looks like a Jewish man wearing wearing a yarmulke on his head, but then I look closer, and I see it's Gary with his sunglasses on the top of his head. <laughs> so I think he wore, oh, I think it was, it was jeans, sneakers, sunglasses on his head. And I think it was a T-shirt. I, I'd almost be shocked if it was something other than a T-shirt. That's kind of the classic Gary look, you know, the the sport jacket, the the sneakers, the some kind of T-shirt. You know, he's got he's got the uh, businessy ish, casual ish style. Yeah, it wasn't very businessy. It it 
it seemed more more casual than anything. And I thought it was funny because Gary arrived with the I don't know if it was a bodyguard or a manager or an assistant. It was like two or three guys with them, and they were all wearing suits. I thought uh, the people uh, in Gary's entourage were uh, more presidential looking than Gary himself. So I, I I don't know what to what else to say about that. So what's he what's he get for that style points? Oh, he gets uh, a John Soft for sure. <laughs> He's just a he's just sort of a fidgety, awkward guy, and I think we all know this. But uh, combined with his mannerisms, his wardrobe, and his personality, it's it's just a it's a big John Soft for sure. But what else we got at this event here? Any any more uh, positives or negatives we can highlight here? Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, foreign policy and non-intervention. A person in the crowd actually asked him a question about these islands in the East China Sea and expressed concerns about tensions uh, rising between China and Japan. And to be completely honest, I wasn't sure exactly what she was talking about, but uh, <laughs> this almost became a uh, another Aleppo moment for uh, oh, for boy. Gary. I think she's talking about the, they're called the Senkaku Islands, sort of these uninhabited okay. islands out there that are, uh, I think uh, they're Japan's, but there's some tensions with China. Anyway, he, uh, you know, started talking about non-intervention and, uh, being diplomatic with China. And he actually made a very good point, I thought, that if we can talk to China um, about uh, the issue with these you know, particular islands and get on good terms with them, this could actually help dealing with to help us deal with uh, North Korea more. So I thought that was a good connection for Gary. And it was actually sort of a good intellectual point he made. And we know Gary's a pretty good peace candidate in general, especially compared to uh, the other two maniacs on stage. So uh, for sure, I will give him uh, a Johnson. Those two maniacs are Trump and Hillary, if anyone was uh, wondering who I was referring to. Yeah, I I think they probably could have guessed, but who knows? Maybe you're talking about Jill Stein and Daryl Castle, the the Constitution and Green Party candidates. They could be maniacs, too, but probably in different ways. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What else we got at this event? Any more? uh... I'll talk a little bit about Gary's responses to uh, my comments and questions. So being the only libertarian in the room, I didn't want to uh, raise my hand immediately during the Q&A. I figured as a first time invited guest and the only libertarian in the room, I would let let, uh, other people ask their questions first. But eventually they did get around to me raising my hand towards the end of uh, the Q&A. And basically I chimed in a little bit about the TPP and I urged Gary and Bill Weld to reconsider their position on that. Was Bill Weld there? Was he hiding in the background? (laughs) He was not there. And and maybe he had a – Gary had an earpiece. uh, Uh, I I have a theory. I think he was in the house. You know where I think he was? With his face in the freezer. Come on. Oh, man. That was a layup. Poor red-faced – Bill Weld. But uh, anyway, actually, backtracking a little before I uh, mentioned the um, TPP again, first, I thank Gary for showing up here. And I mentioned the Commission on Presidential Debates. And was he aware that you were the one libertarian in the audience at this point? He was. He was. When I actually shook his hand when he walked in the room, my friend, who was also one of the uh, main hosts there, told Gary that I was a libertarian. It was funny because he almost seemed to be a little nervous by that. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. Please don't ask me a fake the cake question. <laughs> I'm going to get real questions now. <laughs> Please don't ask me a fake the cake question. Is probably what. Uh, oh man, I really wish you did. That would have been. They wouldn't know what. They wouldn't know how to handle it in that room. They wouldn't even know what the hell you're talking about. No, no, they wouldn't. But um, before I made a couple of comments and questions and asked a couple of questions, Gary, I, I agreed with him about this. The CPD, the Commission on Presidential Debates, how it's bullshit that they're keeping them out. And they're all it's a corporate ran private organization. And I also criticize the polls um, that keep him out as being corporate ran polls. So I think Gary actually smiled uh, there and he appreciated that. But uh, after I got the compliments and, and nice thoughts out of the way, I uh, challenged him on the TPP again. And I mentioned the secrecy surrounding the bill and the Congress people reading it in the basement of Congress. And and I remember seeing that Ben Swan uh, reality check about the TPP saying Basically, it limits access to uh, medication for people, and and um, the patents will be held longer by all these corporations. So I mentioned that as well, and he didn't really respond to that. Um, I know the time was uh, we were running up against the clock at that point, but he didn't he didn't even respond to that. But basically, uh, what I asked after that was about the Federal Reserve, and I told him that I I wished it was more of a part of uh, his current campaign, an issue that he would bring up. And he 
wasn't really very strong on it in his response. He didn't talk about an audit until I brought it up. He didn't talk about ending the Fed. He basically said he just wants to see more more consistency uh, from Fed policies. And I thought that was kind of a kind of a lame vanilla answer. I mean, I was in a room for people who probably know very little about the Federal Reserve. And I think it was his chance to educate people at least a little bit about the Fed, encourage people to do more research on the Federal Reserve, as well as hitting on any criticisms he could. And he just, he really didn't. It was just kind of rambly. So between not even responding to my TPP comment and just being kind of vanilla response as far as the Fed, I'll give him a Johns off. Another Johns off for Gary. All right. Uh, what else can we highlight from this event? I'll talk about uh, just Gary's ability to survive, to show up, survive, and make it through the scrutiny of the room. Because, to be honest, the room was pretty much well, very often at odds with him, even, even hostile at times towards Gary. And he had a good sense of humor about it for the most part. And he had a good sense of humor about Aleppo. And he actually wanted to prove to us that he knew his stuff. So he broke down the uh, conflict in the region, naming all the warring factions involved. And um, later on, Gary was challenged rather boisterously on guns. And he wasn't the best on the issue, no. But he did explain the difference between machine guns and and rifles, semi-automatic weapons. So... He did actually stand up for himself when when he was challenged on this, and he did stand up for himself a few other times throughout this uh, throughout his talk. So I think he deserves some credit for that, just for just for surviving, showing up, and making it through the scrutiny of the room. I think uh, he deserves credit. So I'll give him a chance, a Johnson for survival skills. So overall, what was your overall impression of Gary at this event? Do you think he? Did a good job considering his audience, uh, even if maybe he didn't really want to be there. Or, uh, I mean, do you think anybody might have been swayed whatsoever, one way or another, on, on any positions he said, uh, he gave out there? I mean, what, what was your overall impression? Not just your impression, but what you think that the rest of that room thought of him. I think they thought he was a nice guy, a friendly guy. I thought that they thought he was coming across as honest and earnest. But I don't think he swayed them really on probably any issue, and I don't think any of them are going to vote for him. I think they'll probably all vote for Hillary Clinton, besides maybe a few uh, Jill Stein people and maybe a couple of the Republicans in the room. But uh, I, I don't know. It was tough. It's it, To be fair, it's, I think it, it's going to be tough to change someone's complete ide- ideology sure. in, hey, maybe, I, in Maybe your hour. questions got them thinking more than more than Gary's answers did. I was actually going to mention that, but I didn't want to toot my own horn too much. Well, so, I'll toot it but, for you. Uh, a couple of uh, more than a couple of people came up to me after Gary spoke and, and left and said, you know, what? those are really good questions you asked. I, I pre- and they appreciated it. And they told me to come back as well. So I think my questions and based on what people came up to me and said after complimenting me on my questions and saying I asked good questions and I had good comments that I think I might actually have had more influence on the way people in the room might be thinking than even Gary himself did. Especially if you end up coming back to this group and and become a part of this discussion, I don't think there's any question you're going to have more influence on them than Gary Johnson did. So hopefully that's the case, and hopefully you know we win hearts and minds one one at a time, maybe one dis- yeah. maybe one discussion group at a time. So for sure, I think the key is just got to tread very very lightly and, yeah, don't, and don't ram it down their say. throats. Just bring up sure. questions and you know insert your ideas where it makes sense. Yeah, I think I think everyone has their own has their own style. I mean, you know, if you think about like people like Adam. Kokesh or Eric July, those guys are kind of like more in your face, unapologetic. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone has their own sort of way to to be an activist or to try to sway people to their thinking. I don't think there's one right right way to go about it. But for myself and especially for this this group, I think I gotta gotta take the higher road and I can't walk into every meeting and be like, Hillary sucks, Bernie sucks, Democrats suck, and just be very critical of, of what they they hold dear. I'd have to be very tread tread lightly. Is kind of what I'm uh, what I'm thinking. Kind of my approach with this. Adam, we're going to take a quick break to get a word from our sponsors. When we come back, 
We're going to look at some recent news items and go through some more Johnsons and Johnsoffs. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton. And if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com and you can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty rock and roll. All right, we are back, and hey, be sure to check out all of our great friends, Roger Paxson at the Lava Flow, Johnny Rocket Adams at the Johnny Rocket Launchpad, and my man Chris Spengel and We Are Libertarians, all great podcasts. If you enjoy this one, good chance you're going to enjoy those too. Now, moving along, we are here still in Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. We're going to break down some recent news events here with my man Adam Choi. Adam, you ready to do this thing? We can do that. I'm down. I'm ready. All right. Good. Good. If not, you don't want to switch your wife out yet, right? No, You're still good? I think we'll, okay. we'll stick with me for now. All right. So basically, the first one, we, we've obviously touched on this on our recent roundtable when we look back at the debate, but the Commission on Presidential Debates, this private company owned by the Republicans and Democrats who decides who gets to be in the, the debates, unsurprisingly said that Gary Johnson will not be in the debates. He did not meet the 15% threshold. Uh, I think there are major problems with the polls that they use, with the polls that they cherry pick, with, with the the fact that how of these polls are done, many of the polls either don't mention him in the first place, or if they do mention him, he's mentioned last, or he's only mentioned if someone else brings him up. So the polls are just a mess. I, I don't really, I think the polls actually sway people's judgment about things more than they actually reflect people's judgment. But regardless, it's not surprising. The, the point of this commission is to keep other voices out and to keep the Republican and Democrat stranglehold on the political system. So shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that Gary was not allowed into the debates. Um, now, there has been debate among libertarians <laughs> about whether it's actually good or bad. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's obviously is a chance off because even though I have criticisms of Gary, I don't love the way he spreads the ideas of liberty. I think he would probably have some more embarrassing moments during the debate. At the end of the day, he would be the only one on that stage talking against the war on drugs. The only one that might get fired up about foreign policy, about the evils of our foreign policy, about the fact that innocent people are dying around the world because of our foreign policy. And we'll, we'll touch on his, his views on that a bit later. But I am going to go ahead and give his exclusion from the debates a John's off. Adam, what about you? I will, I will agree with that. Just based on no one on the stage, Hillary or Trump will not mention the war on drugs. They will not. Uh, have quite the non-interventionist foreign policy that Gary has, and the fact that America won't hear those ideas without Gary on the stage or anyone else, I, I think that's that's uh, that's a reason for having uh, Gary Johnson there for sure, wanting to have Gary there. Now, moving along, some some positive news, I guess, for the Gary Johnson campaign. After receiving an endorsement from this semi-celebrity, depending on your on your viewpoint, um, now Melissa Joan Hart, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, has actually joined, officially joined the Gary Johnson campaign as the, as a chair, as the Connecticut chair of the campaign. So she's put her time where her mouth is. Uh, she, she sent out a tweet saying she liked what Gary Johnson had to say. I didn't know if it would be left at that and she would move along. A lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of celebrities said good things about Ron Paul and then he never heard from him again. Uh, so Melissa Joan Hart's actually backing this up. She's working, uh, for the Gary Johnson campaign in Connecticut and, and uh, what do you think about this? I don't want to, I don't want to mon monopolize the opinion here. So what do you think about MJH joining up with the GJ campaign? I think just about any time a celebrity is open about supporting a libertarian candidate or the ideas of liberty in any possible way, shape, or form, I think that's generally a good thing and a Johnson. Unless a said celebrity is some kind of delinquent or in prison or just, just somebody who's Filled with scandals, but right, you might not want Charles Charlie Manson coming out and saying good things about Gary Johnson. Exactly, but I th I think 
Melissa Joan Hart is someone who's not going to drum up uh, too many uh, harsh emotions from people, even if, she, you know, she has haters out there. So I think it's it's a good thing. And that's what that's what libertarians and uh, libertarianism needs is really to cross over more into pop culture and and uh, have more celebrity in, endorsements and, and, and support. It'd be cool if uh, LeBron uh, came out as a libertarian. LeBron James, the basketball player I'm talking about. I'm sure he's listening right now. So, LeBron, please, please consider looking into the ideas of liberty. <laughs> I'll tweet this interview to him with the right, time yeah, stamp not? marked. Yeah, now that, he's, now that he's mentioned, you can do that. All right. So I, I think we agree. That's nothing, nothing bad. No downside to Melissa Joan Hart here. Let's move on to um, some more interesting topics, shall we? Uh, starting with what I'm going to go ahead and call Tongue Gate. Yes, that's right. Gary Johnson recently was... I guess called out by MSNBC. I don't know. They, they they recorded a whole interview with him, but from all I've seen, they only put out this one clip from it. Um, it, it, they were talking to Gary and they were talking about you know whether he should be in the debates, what he would be like in the debates, and uh, he had he had kind of a well, let's just call it an interesting response. Now you're not going to see the visual here, but um, I'm going to play a little audio of exactly what Gary said uh, in this MSNBC interview. And do you think if you were able to get on the debate stage that you could pull even with Trump and Clinton in these polls? I do. And and it wouldn't be it wouldn't have anything to do with my debate performance either. It would just be that people would recognize that there's another choice and that there would be an examination of me and Bill Weld as as who we are and what we've done and not based on that. I think I could stand up there for the whole debate and not say anything and emerge as a leader. Well, that was certainly interesting. <laughs> so uh, for those that couldn't tell because you can't see it, uh, the reason Gary's jo- voice got all weird there is he decided to stick his tongue out and sort of bite his tongue and go, oh, this is what was happening if I was taking out my tongue. He's basically saying it doesn't matter what I would say up in the debate, just my, my mere presence there would draw some attention to some other things and get people thinking differently about other candidates which which about the candidates that are up there and other possibilities, which I think is true, but um, that was certainly an odd way to deliver that message. Uh, Adam, what you think about this you know when i first saw this story kind of pop up on facebook i didn't click on it and bother i just figured it's just uh something that the media is blowing out of proportion some silly thing that's going to go viral but then i actually watched it for the first time today and it's just it's so stupid what he was doing <laughs> i don't know what he was thinking what what made him think that was a good idea it didn't it didn't uh accent or accentuate his point that he was trying to make at all. He was saying, I could go up there and say nothing. That's it. There's no reason for him to continue with this, this ridiculous, this ridiculousness. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. What, I mean, it's, is it the end of the world that he did it? Did that he did this tongue thing and made these weird sounds? No. You know what? But, I, I'm actually more annoyed. I'm less annoyed by the tongue part than just of what he was saying. Like what he was saying is stupid. Oh, it doesn't matter what I say. I can just be there saying anything. Like that is not a compelling argument. No, no. you should be saying I'm I'm going to be up there bringing up the war on drugs, bringing up foreign policy. Like like say why it's important for you to be there, not just the fact that you're another human being that exists that's running for president. It's such that, a such a dumb argument. Yeah, that's a good point you're making, but to be fair, um MSNBC may have may have cut that part out as well. That's so, possible. So so who knows? But it was just it was just so dumb. And, and I don't, I'm not really a fan of using the term like this is presidential. This is not presidential too much. But ha- I don't know what what he was thinking and, and how that would appeal to anyone who's, who wants to see the president as someone who who we respect. So it sounds like we're both uh, going to give this one a John Soft. <laughs> All right, moving along. Let's see. Now, this is one that's that's been on everybody's mind. Obviously, everybody knows about the Aleppo incident that was covered in the last edition of Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. So be sure to go back and check that out. Again, lionsofliberty.com slash Gary for all those episodes. And uh, this was basically... I'm going to play the audio, I think, for in a minute, a second. But just to set it up, he was uh, being interviewed by, by Chris Matthews. And Chris Matthews basically just asks him... Uh, you know what, what? What foreign leaders do you admire? What don't don't you like? Assuming that everyone admires foreign leaders, so well, let's just take a listen to this real quick. Who's your favorite foreign leader? Who's my favorite? Any, just name anywhere in the country, any one of the continents, any country. Name one foreign leader that you respect and look up to. Anybody? My one, Shimon Peres. No, no, okay, I'm talking about living. Go ahead. <laughs> you got to do this anywhere, any continent. 
Canada, Mexico, Europe over there, uh, Asia, South America, Africa, name a foreign leader that you respect. I guess I'm having an Aleppo moment in the former former president of Mexico. But I'm giving you the whole world. I know, I know. Anybody in the world you like, anybody, pick any leader. The former president of Mexico. Which one? I'm, I'm having a brain. I'm well, name anybody. Who's your favorite foreign Thank leader? You. Get him off the hook. Name a foreign Ox. leader you respect. He was, he was terrific. Any foreign leader? Um, Merkel. Okay, Merkel. Okay, fine. Save yourself. Oh God, where where do I even begin with this? There are. Let me let, before I really get into it too much. Let me just say it's a stupid question. It's a really stupid question. Uh, I give you a math Matthews off for that, Chris Matthews. Because come on. What foreign leader do you admire? I mean, this is not a question Hillary Clinton would ever get. It's not a question Donald Trump would ever get. It's it's a question meant to try to stump Gary once again. So the sad part is uh, it worked. <laughs> it worked uh, like a charm. He seemed totally stumped. And um, I don't know. What do you think of even the, the, the premise of this question, Adam? Um, I, I tend to agree with what you're saying. I not, I don't want to make a habit of stealing from uh, Sarah Palin, but it was a, probably a bit of a gotcha question. But at the same time, while I might not be able to name every foreign leader in Africa and in other continents, Gary Johnson is running for president. And to steal a, you know, a term uh, and a description that Tom Woods uses for Gary He's an, he's an intellectual lightweight, and that's that's really that's really what he is. So not only is he, is he an intellectual lightweight, he's just showing that he's just not very knowledgeable about the world, more than and more than anything. It's it's kind of sad. And there were a number of directions he could have gone in. He didn't even he could have he could have named no one. He could have said, you know what, I don't admire foreign leaders. I don't. Yeah, think I mean that's looking. the obvious answer for a libertarian. There's no foreign leaders I can really think of I admire because every country in the world is out there um, infringing upon the rights of its citizens, and I'm looking to really change the way we view government. And I can't say I really admire any current any foreign leaders right now. That's the answer. Give that answer. Or if there is someone you can think of, I mean, there might be some foreign leaders that have done some good things. I think he was trying to bring up Vicente Fox, the former president of Mexico, who did take some very good stances against the war on drugs. Now, I think that's the direction he wanted to go, but he, yeah. was, he was having a Gary moment. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I, sometimes I wonder if he's, he's still uh, hitting the old, the cannabis sativa stashes. Cause he just, he just really gets aloof. And <laughs> what's hilarious is it, two seconds into this thing, uh, Bill Weld tries to jump in. He's like, Oh my, mine, Shimon Perez. Who's dead, by the way? Um, but uh, you know, and Matthew's like, no, 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 you got, you can't name dead guys here, Bill. So even Bill got like a little thrown off. I mean, uh, just the whole thing just came across as just, uh, it, just yeah, messy. It, it just, yeah, it just was not a good response. It, he could, like you said, he could have gone in the direction of, well, I don't admire any real any foreign leaders, but so and so have done some good things that I think are good for the world. Or he could have taken in the opposite direction, say, I don't admire any foreign leaders because they're all infringing on liberties and this and that. And he just didn't uh, – it wasn't – it just wasn't a good response. Even if he didn't answer – even if he wasn't going to answer the question directly, he, he should have had a better better response, yeah, which well, shows that he's just not great at thinking on his feet no, on top he, of uh, being intellectual lightweight. No, he is – it's not, not the best and lacking, combo. Not, and lacking world uh, political knowledge. If you had even – if you were not an intellectual heavyweight but you could still think on your feet and come up with some good answers, that's one thing. Or maybe you can't think on your feet, but you have so much knowledge that you're, you're good to go. Like, you need one of these things, like one quality to, to get by as a presidential candidate, and he seems to just have none of them. And it's it's upsetting. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like we're once again in agreement here. This is going to be a Johns off. I agree. Johns off. All right. Let, let's move on here. And uh, as I mentioned, Gary was not in the debates. We all know that. Um, again, go back Go back to the last episode. Click back in your iTunes feed, your Stitcher feed, wherever you're listening to this thing. Episode 249 for our full Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor Style Roundtable discussion about the last presidential debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but during the debate, Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, they were being asked some questions by reporters. And uh, Reason.com covered this. We'll link to it in the show notes. But uh, they basically asked him, um, you know, about foreign policy and and Gary started going off. Actually, I'm not even sure if the if the setup was was about foreign policy, but that is the direction Gary took it and he started saying, you know, 
this is just ridiculous. I'm so angry about our foreign policy. Uh, people are dying all over the world. You guys are worried if I can name a foreign leader or can name Aleppo. Meanwhile, the policies of Hillary Clinton, the policies of this U.S. government are resulting in the deaths and deaths of thousands and thousands of innocent people. And he's getting so angry. My only issue with, with how fired up he was getting is he still kept his hands in his pockets the whole time, I, I, which kind of downplays your, your anger a little bit. Like, at least wave your hands around a little bit and show some emotion. But uh, my favorite part of this exchange, I know you, you watched the video beforehand, too, is uh, Bill Weld clearly, clearly embarrassed in the background while Gary's going off on this. Bill Weld just like, oh God, oh God, this is weird, this is weird. But uh, maybe it was weird to Bill Weld, but to me, it was awesome because he finally showed some emotion. He finally showed that passion that you would need. And they followed up saying, you know, is is this the Gary we would see on stage? And he said, you're damn right this is the Gary Johnson you'd see if I was on that stage. And and frankly, he came across like a real person. Uh, the kind of, I'm not going to put him on that level at all, but the kind of fire we saw from Ron Paul, uh, when it came to foreign policy, that that human emotion of just being sick of seeing all this death and destruction all over the world. And I, I thought it was uh, a, a wonderful moment. What about you? I, I agree, except for one thing that I thought was was missing from from this uh, rant, and that would be specifics. He did talk about death and destruction and, and the U.S. foreign policy um, causing this, but he didn't really give any specifics. He didn't say about funding rebels in Syria. He didn't really talk about drones, which is which is fine. He doesn't have to give specifics in every single talk. But I think when you call out the, you know, the U.S. military and the government and us, our foreign policy being responsible for death and destruction, I think giving at least one or two specifics in there, you know, would have been helpful to people other than ourselves and other libertarians who kind of already have these uh these views as fair, gary does fair enough but overall what would you think oh, would yeah, you give for it sure, a johnson johnson i agree johnson <laughs> we're gonna move on into uh something we always try to fit in here and gary seems to continue to to give us the ability to do so and that is we're gonna take a trip into the land of liberty make-believe all right trolley neighborhood of make-believe <laughs> Liberty Make Believe, Gary Johnson, had an appearance on CNN. He was asked about uh, the recent attacks in uh, New York. There was a bombing in New York, and there was also uh, some stabbings uh, in Minnesota. And Gary's response uh, was he basically said he's just grateful that nobody got hurt. And, I mean... People got hurt. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. People were stabbed. People were injured. Uh, I imagine that he wanted to say, he meant to say in his, in his head, uh, I'm glad nobody was killed. I, I have to think that's what he meant. Uh, but uh, again, this is just, it's another one of these gaps. But this one, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you could say something like that. What did you think of that, Adam? Did he do we know that he actually meant to say that nobody got killed? Did, did he actually come out afterwards? And uh, I, that's that's a good point, because that? that's a great point, because I, no, I haven't seen him clarify that at all, which he, he does seem to do often. So I think he's just accepting it as a gaffe and moving on. But I mean, he just those are his exact quotes. I, I'm just grateful that nobody got hurt. I think he has had several other gaps since. So this one has kind of been brushed under the rug. But. I'll, I'll give you two answers. If he, um, you know, did come out afterwards and say, I meant to say that no one got killed, I, I, I really don't have a problem with it. I mean, I have a problem with the tongue sticking out, and I think Gary was responsible for, largely responsible for the, the reaction to that. But this is just a, an honest human mistake, and, and, and that happens. If, if we're going to jump on the guy for saying, you know, five, you know, five words that aren't, aren't true— but you know, by mistake, a, a verbal typo, if you will. I, I think that's a little, a little crazy, and and people are going overboard in this in this twenty four hour news cycle. The, the sad Twitter, part just is, looking for I, I, just looking for anything. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit and say he might have meant to say killed, but I, I wish I was more confident of it because I'm actually not. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know with Gary, and that's what that's what sucks. I, I don't know if Gary just is, yeah. is having a, a you know a mental gaffe like he seems to happen so often, even though it's been uh, I don't know. He always says thirty days since uh, since he last used weed. Maybe it's been sixty or ninety now, but uh, I think there might be some residual effects still. That, that's all I'm saying. So yeah, it, I mean that that that's that's bad. That's bad if uh, if he if he's if he said that coming from a an uninformed standpoint rather than yeah. just. Uh, uh, now, I'm not speaking. sure, because this benefit of the doubt, I'm not sure I can go full Johnson off. 
can't get rid of Johnson. So I think I'm going to bring back something that's become a thing on the show. And I'm going to give this a, a Johnson. Eh. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll have to give it a Johnson. I, I mean, I, I want to give Gary the benefit, benefit of the doubt. And I want to give the media a Johnson and the public reaction to this a Johnson, a Johnson or whatever you want to say. But since we can't uh, can't do that, and we're not really sure what the truth is with this, I guess I'll give a Johnson. Eh. Also, one Johnson. Uh, all right, and uh, moving on to our last item. This is a a moment where we're gonna have to step out of the land of liberty, make believe, and we're gonna head into a little mind weld. And this is an item that I, I became aware of thanks to our good friend Roger Paxson over at the Lava Flow podcast. I'm not sure if I even would have found out about this otherwise. Um, but I'm going to read a little bit from this article uh, from the Boston Globe. The, the headline, I love their headline because their headline says, Libertarian for Life, in quotes, donates to GOP candidate. And this is a story about Bill Weld, who claim, proclaimed on the stage after Alicia Dern asked him to make this pledge at the Libertarian Party convention that he is a Libertarian for Life. Okay. And then a few months after the convention, it's very important after. If it was before the convention, maybe I could forgive this. But after the convention, Bill Weld made two donations totaling $450 to support Republican Chris Sununu's bid to become New Hampshire governor this fall. Sununu is running against a couple opponents. One of them is Democrat Colin Van Ostern, and the other is Libertarian State Representative Max Aramson. So, you have Libertarian for Life, Bill Weld, the vice presidential candidate of this party, actively supporting an opponent of a Libertarian candidate in New Hampshire. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not Mr. You always have to be loyal to your party in all circumstances, but when you're the freaking VP candidate and you're pledged to be a Libertarian for Life, this is just so unacceptable to me. I can't even believe that this is, first of all, that how much is that 450 bucks really helping this guy? Uh, so for well to just put, toss that out there. And, and to me, this is, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a part of the uh, libertarian committee that decides these things, but to me, this is something that is grounds for being kicked off the ticket. I mean, you're actively working against the party that you are representing and have pledged to support. I, I don't see how this can possibly be excused. Adam, your thoughts. There's really only one possible way that this can be excused, and that is if this particular Republican that he donated to is more libertarian than the libertarian candidate running. Like, for example, yeah, like what if, if he Ron donated Paul, to Justin Amash against like someone who is kind of like a lame libertarian? Yeah, maybe like we Gary, would forgive if, that. Like Gary, like if it was Justin Amash running against Gary or Ron Paul running against, right, Gary, against Gary and someone donated to those Republicans instead I of Gary. I guarantee Bill Weld would donate to a Republican against Gary in any other race in the world if that hap- if that came up. No doubt about it. You know, you know what I, I also <laughs> thought was kind of funny about this is that – I mean I'm not sure what the exact uh, – this is New Hampshire you said. Yeah. I'm not sure the legality of how much money Bill Weld is allowed to donate to political candidates and this and that, but – I thought Gary wanted uh, Bill Weld on his team and uh, on his to bring in the because, dough. Yeah, bring in the dough, <laughs> and this is and this is what Bill Weld's got—a few hundred dollars. Yeah. What happened to that? That all that big Bill Weld money? Yeah, we come were, on, Bill. I thought you were a big fundraiser. You, you can only afford four fifty for your pal Sununu. Come on, cheapskate, yeah, this Bill Weld guy. It's it's terrible. Yeah, it's. It, I think that I think that's pretty awful. I mean, as, uh, assuming that the Libertarian candidate is, you know significantly more libertarian than whatever whoever the republican that bill well donate donated to is yeah i'm I pretty confident in saying kristen Inu is not a liberty republican then that's why bill well donated to him i am very i'm actually very confident in saying that <laughs> maybe i will get on my computer after this and send a couple of bucks to uh max uh Abramson yeah it, ma- it makes the everyone go look into max abramson I, I hate i don't know anything about it maybe uh maybe he's a terrible neocon posing as a libertarian for all i know but but man, he can't, he can't be worse than a Sununu if he's backed by a Weld. <laughs> I will let him know on Twitter about my disgust with there Bill Weld go. about this All as right. well. All right. So that's – I think I think it's obvious that and, – and we do, for the record, for people that are new to this, uh, Weld's count – Weld offs count against Johnson because Johnson begged for Bill Weld. And I think, Adam, we both agree here. This is definitely a Johnson off. Way off. Naughty, naughty Bill Weld. 
All right, well, Adam, I, I really want to thank you for, for joining me today, um, for filling in for Brian and, and his nuptials. So hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks after he recovers from uh, whatever people do at weddings. And um, in the meantime, you know, I know you're going to be active in our forum so people can find you in there and join this conversation. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story about uh, this discussion group. Uh, it's a really interesting take uh, on a not, not the kind of perspective that we're, we're usually going to get. And most people aren't going to have a, a libertarian mole inside these things. So really cool of you to come on and, and join us for that. Oh, it was it was my pleasure. And I think the one thing that I took away from just attending this event was with Gary and uh, this group really had nothing to do with Gary. It had more to do with myself sort of as an outsider there and just how they kind of welcomed me with open arms and and uh, brought me into their group. And, and it just goes to show that it is possible that people can have civil discussions with each other and express differing ideas and maybe influence each other in a peaceful, civil way. So I think that sort of was, was really what I got out of this more than anything. Good stuff, man. That's what we're trying to do here. Spread the ideas uh, in a peaceful way. So Adam, before I let you go, why don't you just uh, let everyone know, um, you know, any, anything you want to plug out there or anything you want to share your Twitter, let people know how they can, uh, how they can get, get through to you. If people want to reach out to me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Adam J. Choit. C-H-O-I-T is how you spell my last name. Um, I actually forgot to mention that uh, when I was first inspired to uh, become more of a follower and uh, liberty activist, I uh, started my YouTube channel a while back and actually put together a couple of sort of rap, rapish rhymes about Ron Paul trying to help the campaign. And... I'm Jewish, and people were questioning whether or not, uh, you know, Ron Paul was pro-Israel, people accusing him of being anti-Semitic. So I thought it was important that uh, people know that Ron Paul did have uh, support of Jewish people and actually put out a rhyme, a video of me doing a little rhyme about uh, Ron Paul and some various political topics, including the Fed, Israel, uh, the NDAA, the drone war, and a couple of other topics as well. And I put that up on my YouTube channel, and that got some uh, attention as well. Also a writer and a filmmaker, and I'm currently developing a couple of liberty-minded projects at the moment that I'm hoping to get off the ground. But uh, other than that, uh, I'm a screenwriter as well. So if anyone, uh, if you're an agent out there, a producer looking to... uh, Take on some clients and work with me. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter as well. Hey, you never know who's listening. You never know who's listening. LeBron I don't James know. might be listening. Bill Well might be listening. Max Abramson. We got a whole bunch of people listening to this thing. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the, one of the Weinstein's, perhaps. Yeah, hopefully. That's right. Now you, you you never know, but uh, yeah, and we'll we'll link you to for- your some of your raps uh, that you did uh, on YouTube. We'll link to some of those in the show notes today. And uh, yeah, man, like I said, it's been a blast. Thanks for coming on. Uh, until next time, folks. You know, I've only got one th- more thing to ask you, and that is, of course, live long and live free. It's a beautiful day in this liberty hood. A beautiful day for a candidate. Would he be mine? Could he be mine? It's a liberty day in this Johnson Wood. A liberty-ish day for a Gary. Would he be mine? Could he be mine? I've never wanted to have a candidate just like you. I've always wanted to have a real libertarian who's schooled. But let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would he be mine? Could he be mine? As long as he acts libertarian. Won't you please, won't you please, please won't you be a principled libertarian?